This episode of the Trek Geeks podcast is brought to you by the Trek Geek Shop. Now you can help support our show and get yourself some cool Star Trek gear at the same time. Check out our line of t-shirts, mugs, hats, and other items for your inner Trek geek at shop.trekgeeks.com. Hi, this is Nana Visitor, Major Kira Norris from Deep Space Nine, and you are listening to the biggest little show this side of the Gamma Quadrant, the Trek Geeks Podcast with Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. Biggest little show this side of the Alpha Quadrant. This is the Trek Geeks Podcast. Welcome one and all. And, well, perhaps we should start by saying happy anniversary. But before we get to that, allow me to bring on my best friend and somebody I wouldn't have ever met if it weren't for Star Trek, Dan Davidson, the co-host of this here podcast. Buddy, happy 50th. Happy 50th to you, man. Yeah, uh, you could not have said that any better. If it wasn't for Trek, who knows what would have happened. And if things had not happened, we wouldn't be sitting here sharing microphones and sharing our stories with all our beloved listeners. So uh, happy special anniversary to you, too, dude. It's it's so exciting. This is the culmination of what this whole year has been about. I feel like it's a day where we should all just stop and take stock in the fact that this thing we love has been around for half a century. It's amazing to think that it's been 50 years this very day, uh, and uh, we still got a long way to go, I think. Another 50 years at least. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, and I have a feeling that you and I will probably be disembodied heads in a jar watching Star Trek together in some warehouse. <laughs> and I don't think that's a bad thing. <laughs> Shades of Futurama, for sure. So, Dan, uh, before we proceed with explaining what today's episode is, why don't you tell everybody at home how they might be able to get in touch with us? Absolutely. As always, on Twitter, Facebook, and Skype, our handle is Trek Geeks, or you can send us an email at trekgeeks at starfleet.com. If you want to leave us a voicemail, just call us at 508-784-1701 or go to speakpipe.com slash trekgeeks and leave us a message. Uh, plus, now you can join us on our official Facebook group, Can't Kittimer. There's always a lot of great discussion going on there. There's lots of new people have been joining lately, so uh, join the fun. You'll get early access to the podcast, which is a good bonus, at least I think. And uh, to join the group, all you need to do is go to facebook.com slash groups slash Camp Kittimer. One of our three favorite admins will uh, let you write in, and you can join in on the discussion. But please remember that any comments or messages you leave us in any of these places, m places may be used in a future episode. That is 100% correct. And, well, Dan, we've had a lot of comments left for us over the last year for this episode, our Trek 50 episode. As you'll recall, we've been asking people to send us their stories of the first time they've watched Star Trek. And 
Well, that's what the rest of this episode is, right? Yep. It is about you, our listeners, telling us your first time trek, your first memories. And I got to say, Bill, listening to some of these, uh, some of them are very moving and very emotional. Uh, and I think that's great. Uh, I, for one, uh, have not had a chance to listen to all of them. So this is going to be very special for me as well. Um, and uh, right up front, we want to thank everybody for uh, taking the time to share their stories with us on this very special occasion. That's 100% true. This episode doesn't happen without all of you that listen and sent us your story. So thank you so much. This is an episode we hope will make you smile. It's an episode that may bring tears to your eyes at times, but hopefully it's one that will make you appreciate the legacy of Gene Roddenberry even more. So this, friends, is Trek 50. Hi, my name is David Duncan. I'm from Buffalo, New York. Um, I really don't remember my first Star Trek experience. My father was a Star Trek fan from when he was a kid. So I grew up in a house that Star Trek was on, I'm sure, all the time. Reruns and the movies on VHS. Uh, the first movie I remember seeing in theaters was probably Star Trek IV. Uh, I was probably just old enough to be taken to the movie theater and that just around the age where you start remembering stuff, so I, uh, I would have to say that was probably the first one I saw in the movie theater. I remember being excited for when the next generation was going to come on TV, so I remember anticipating that. So, been a Star Trek fan my whole life. Happy 50th anniversary, Star Trek. Uh, thanks, Trek Geeks. Hi, guys. This is Chris Condon, and uh, you were asking about our first memories of... Star Trek. Well, I was born the year before Star Trek premiered, and so I don't remember it in uh, first run, but uh, Star Trek has always been there as uh, part of my life since uh, I can remember, uh, in reruns of course, but uh, I don't remember a time when Star Trek wasn't on TV. Um, my cousin tells a story, uh, she was staying with us one time, and, uh, my family, she says, was having dinner, and, uh, Star Trek came on, and she claims that we all stopped eating dinner, watched Star Trek, and then, uh, came back and, uh, finished dinner. Um, I don't remember it working like that exactly, but I, I do remember that, uh, Certainly, uh, dinner time revolved around when uh, Star Trek uh, began and, and ended, uh, and, and certainly um, we wouldn't have dinner until uh, Star Trek was over, uh, and we, before we finished dinner, before Star Trek began, whenever it was on in syndication. Um, some of my earliest memories, I remember being scared to death of the Gorn and having to run out of the room whenever he uh, uh, came on. Um, I remember um, really admiring Spock's cool reserve and uh, wanting to uh, 
be like him and him piquing my interest in uh, in science. Um, and I guess that's uh, that's it for my earliest Star Trek memories. Um, thanks, you guys, for a great show. And um, live long and prosper. Hello. My name is Professor Roger Thompson. I live in Suwon, Korea, and I teach an Ethics of Star Trek class at Kyunghee University. I'm the first Star Trek prof in Korea. My focus is on TOS and how we can learn about ethics through the behavior of Kirk and Spock. I started watching Star Trek in 1973 when I was probably about eight years old. My first episode, I clearly recall, was Mud's Women. I was an instant fan and remained to a fan, being a fan to this very day. Thanks very much. Happy birthday, Star Trek, and best wishes from Korea. Live long and prosper. This is Brooke Wilkins, and I am calling to fulfill your request for a happy birthday song. I also have um, some some of my earliest memories of Star Trek to tell you about. So um, my oldest memory of Star Trek is from when I was a wee lass of about six years old. My parents gave me a t-shirt with this glittery gold application on it. I thought it was a super cool sticker, and I didn't know what it was, but... It was glittery and gold and mine, so it was cool, and it was the Enterprise Delta. And my brother's t-shirt, I think, if I remember correctly, it had Spock on it. So, though I thought they were excessively cool, these t-shirts did not make me into a Trekkie. But the moment I became a Trekkie was um, years later. I was, a, I don't know, like 12, 13, somewhere in there. I don't remember exactly. I'd seen a, uh, the original series episodes before in reruns, but they didn't catch me. So, But one day my dad's watching, uh, which was one of the first... Uh, season TNG episodes and LeVar Burton was on the screen, the reading rainbow guy. So I sat down on the couch with my dad and watched the rest of the episode. And I don't remember which one it was, but um, by the end I was hooked, not just by LeVar Burton, but because one of the characters was this spicy doctor with red hair, like mine. Um, a few years later, when I was this, you know, a bratty teenager and I'm all in a mood, my dad calls to me to come downstairs. So I'm, I'm patting my way to the stairs. And then, and then I see him at the bottom of the stairs and what he's got in his hands. And I just run the rest of the way down the stairs because he had this stack of Star Trek novels and a photograph of Dr. Crusher signed to me. So Gates McFadden wished her best wishes to me. Um, anyway, it turns out that one of my dad's students was an extra on the show that summer, and my dad asked him to get that for me. So that was this moment when, uh, you know, a stupid teenager knew that her father loved her. So now that my dad has passed away, all of these memories are even more sweet. And anyway, those are some of my memories of Star Trek. Thanks. Bye. Hey, guys. This is uh, Chad from Oregon. Uh, my first Star Trek memory, I remember um, as a kid, I think I was about eight years old. It was probably 1991 or 92. Um, Star Trek The Next Generation had already been on for a few years, but it was on syndication. And I remember it was on uh, Channel 13 every night at 10 o'clock. And I was never much of a good sleeper, so I was always awake. And I remember... My dad was away on a business trip, and I walked into my parents' bedroom, and my mom was watching the show on TV. And I was like, Mom, what's that? And she told me it was Star Trek, and it took place in the future. And um, 
this was a newer show. There was one that was on when she was a kid, and she really liked it. And, and um, I watched. I, I and I remember exactly what episode it was. It was the TNG episode um, with the the old admiral who gets younger. And yeah, I don't remember exactly what it was called. But so even though I don't remember what it was called, to this day I am still a diehard Star Trek fan. I remember getting into. Deep Space Nine, I remember getting in, I remember watching the premiere of Deep Space Nine, I remember watching the finale of TNG, I watched it on syndication forever, I remember every night I would stay up till 11 watching it, because um, I, my parents gave me my own TV and I could tune into Channel 13 and watch it every night, and I remember in high school, they moved it to 11, and I was really upset, I just, you know, I was almost... I'd stay till midnight every night, and I had to get up at 6.30 to go to get ready for high school. And uh, even though I was very sleep-deprived every day, I still stayed up every night until midnight watching Star Trek The Next Generation. Eventually moved on to Star Trek D Space Nine syndication. Um, I did that all the way through high school and until I went into college. And to this day, it's just always been one of my favorite things ever to watch on TV. And I get together with friends, and we watch episodes and movies, and... Um, have a little meetup group here in the Portland area where we get together and watch episodes or go to events and you know Star Trek inspires me to inspires me to be a good person and have hope in humanity and that things will always get better and we'll always learn from our mistakes and regardless of how things are from year to year you know I just have faith that everything is a learning lesson uh, we learn from everything we do, even if it's just a little bit at a time. So, so yeah, I'm just very glad Star Trek is in my life. I don't know who I would be without it. Thanks, guys. Great podcast. Enjoy listening to it. Bye. Hello, Trek Geeks. Happy 50th. My name is Marcus Watt from Aurora, Colorado. Wanted to tell you my Star Trek 50 story. Um, when I was 9 or 10, my first episode I ever watched with my dad when I was homesick was Troubles with Tribbles. Thought it was a great episode. Made me laugh when I was a kid. Well, just recently I was suffered a traumatic brain injury. And part of my recovery, the first Star Trek I was allowed to watch was DS9's Troubles and Tribulations. So I got to re-experiencing Star Trek all over again because I forgot most of it. So I thought you guys would enjoy that story. Uh, love the show. I'd love you guys keep me entertained every week. Keep up the good work. My name is Chris Jansky. I am 23 years old. I am born and raised in Boston, Massachusetts. And I was raised as a Trekkie. I don't recall what the first episode was. If I had to take an educated guess, my parents showed me... The original Star Trek Trouble of Tribbles episode, as that's their favorite episode that we have on VHS. Alternatively, it could have also been the DS9 version as well. But I do recall being a nine-year-old boy waiting on the television to watch Voyager. Voyager was my favorite Star Trek show. And it is what kept me as a Trekkie and continued to keep me as a Trekkie. That's my story.
My name is Elizabeth Dorsum. I'm in Redondo Beach, California. I first watched Star Trek when I was five years old. It was Star Trek The Next Generation. And I can't remember which episode it was, but I loved it so much. I used to take my headbands and put them over my eyes at recess and pretend I was Commander LaForge on the Enterprise. It was a lot of fun. Hello, Bill and Dan. Uh, My name is Steve Race, and I'm speaking to you from the UK. Uh, Really happy to be able to participate in Trek 50. Um, Just briefly, my first experience of Star Trek would have been with the episode Metamorphosis. Um, Back in the mid-70s here in the UK, um, the BBC used to run uh, classic Star Trek episodes every day during the summer holidays. Uh, And for some reason or other, I was being looked after by a neighbour while my parents were at work. And as fate would have it, they were watching the TV at the time or had the TV on to keep us kids entertained, I'm assuming. Um, And this episode of Star Trek came on and I'd never seen it before. Um, I would have been uh, probably six or seven at the time. And... I was absolutely captivated by it, Um, and here we are, uh, 40-some years later, uh, and I'm still a massive fan, but I can clearly remember um, how the bright colours and the characters were like nothing I'd ever seen before, so I'm really pleased that we're getting new Star Trek this year, and um, loving the podcast, and really happy to contribute, so keep up the good work, Bill and Dan, and... um, I'll see you next time. Hi, this is Mike Jones calling in from Dillon, Colorado. My first Trek story goes back to 1987. I was eight years old at the time when Star Trek The Next Generation premiered. And I remember sitting down with my my dad, who loved the original series. And he really wanted to see this new version And I remember when the credits started, I said, oh, they changed the name from Track to Trek, because I had always heard people pronounce it Star Trek. Um, (laughs) That's that's my earliest memory. I fell in love with the show immediately. Um, Luckily, our local Fox affiliate back home in Tennessee was showing the original series in syndication um, along with The Next Generation. So I got to see them both side by side. And even the animated series, which was on Nickelodeon, I think, uh, here and there. Um, and I just absolutely fell in love with it and, um, and, and really have never looked back. So that's my earliest Trek memory. Thanks. Hi, my name is Mark, and I am from Canada. I was so young when I started watching Star Trek that I have absolutely no idea what the first episode that I saw was. Uh, But I do know that I started watching it because my father watched it on Saturday mornings on CBC TV. So that was a huge part of my childhood, watching Star Trek with my dad. Uh, When he stopped living with us, uh, a large part of our weekends would be renting Star Trek videos on DHS and eating potato chips and ramen noodles and Diet Coke. and uh, We used to play a game where he would put in an episode on VHS 
on on TV without showing me which one it was, and I had to guess as fast as possible which episode it was. And I could usually do it uh, within the first couple of lines. Sometimes I could even do it from just the mu- establishing shot and the music. And uh, as I grew up, I moved on to Deep Space Nine. I started watching, uh, I started listening to your show because I heard your Andy Robinson interview on episode 11. And recently I had the chance to go and meet Andy Robinson uh, again after a long time. Uh, he appeared in Vulcan, Alberta. And so I traveled from my home in Saskatchewan with my father uh, to his first Star Trek convention ever. And we had a fabulous time. And we both met Andy and we both got our books signed. My dad got a stitch in time signed and I got Andy's memoir signed, uh, which is a fabulous book. And then we, we got a photo op together with Andy and I think Andy seemed pretty tickled with uh, the father and son team coming to see him. And so this isn't really a story of my first time watching Star Trek so much as it is uh, my whole life watching Star Trek and the, the times that I've shared with my father watching Star Trek. So I hope that's good enough. Have a good, have a good 50th. My name is Scott Armstrong and I live in Orem, Utah. My first memory of Star Trek was when I was four years old. My father was a big fan and would always say, Hey Scott, let's watch Star Trek. My first memory was being scared by Balak's puppet and Gorm in the Corbomite maneuver, but I continued watching it with him until he died in a car accident when I was six years old. I think I can attribute my early discovery of women because of all those short uniform skirts. This was back in elementary school and the rest of the boys my age were obsessed with reptiles and avoiding cooties. I picked up watching again when I was a teenager as a means of bonding with my dad, and I was impressed by Kirk's ability to save the crew from any situation. I love watching Next Generation and all the others. I've even wrote my fanfic, my own fan fiction, and I've been getting really good reviews. My name is Matthew. I live in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, I remember in the early to mid-90s, uh, every Sunday night, my family would go bowling, and the bowling trip would interfere with watching The Next Generation. And for the first way too many years of my life I watched the first probably 45 minutes of the, the Next Generation episode and missed the endings of, of a ton and uh, eventually we, we learned about the VCR and, and all those fun to- toy, toys and tools and whatnot. but uh, I remember every every Sunday it was uh, I, I can I can just, just thinking about it I can picture the, the like Twizzlers candies from the bowling alley and then you know uh wanting to to catch the next generation so that 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 was my my earliest star trek memory this is dan garcia from kenosha wisconsin and my first memory of watching star trek was with my father in 1979 waiting in line 
for the motion picture. And and uh, we watched Star Trek continuously until I left for the Navy. That was one of the few things we bonded with. Even today, we still uh, talk about Star Trek and really enjoy the world it provided and just watching TV together. I couldn't imagine not seeing Star Trek with my father. I'm not even sure our dynamics of father and son would be the same without it. So for that, I'm very thankful. Hello, my name is Kathy Higley. I'm calling from Groton, Connecticut. And um, my story of my first Trek viewing took place when I was 12 or 13. Trek had just come out. A friend of mine in school was a real stark science fiction fan was crazy about the show and she told me about Mr. Spock and got me all curious but we had problems getting NBC in on our TV set so I happened to be flipping around one night and what did I see through the static and the snow and everything else was I believe I saw the metamorphosis episode and it just captivated me what little I could see of it and so I saw that in the presence of let's see my family and also visiting relatives who couldn't understand why I was glued to the TV set that night. But I've been with Trek ever since, and I eventually got to see it in syndication back in 1970. And that's the story of my first Trek viewing. Thank you. My name is Michael Kensel. I am from Niantic, Connecticut. And my first memories of Star Trek are obviously hanging with my father. Um, my father used to run, uh, watch it first run um, in, back in the 60s. I was probably like five or six at the time. And I can remember several times waking up and, and he'd be watching the show, and I didn't understand what was going on. I always just thought it was funny that there was a guy running around with pointed ears. And one night I was going to the restroom. I think I was going to the bathroom, and my dad was sitting there in the darkness watching Star Trek and I walked out and he I sat in his lap and I watched it for a little bit and I just started laughing because of Spock and um, it's a very vivid memory and I remember my father saying that uh, why is that funny and I said because he, he looks funny dad and during the commercial break he took me outside and showed me the stars and he asked me if I really thought we were the only people. I didn't really respond to him, but I knew that it was important to him, and it became a thing through my childhood with my father to watch Star Trek. I had also friends in sixth and seventh grade that I would always leave school and go watch Star Trek and play Star Trek, but certainly my biggest memory is that with my father in that moment. Thank you. Hi, uh, my name is Tony Lyakano. I'm calling from Essex, Massachusetts. And the story of my first viewing of Star Trek, the first episode I ever saw was Devil in the Dark. And we had just gotten color TV. And I was 10 years old. It was 1966. And when I, the first vision that I had, if you will, was of Spock getting ready to touch the Horta. And 
I was instantly glued to the set. It was obviously something like I had never seen before. And the story itself became very inspirational to me that, you know, it wasn't what it appeared. And, and it was a good story and there was a good result from it. And it was sci-fi, which was something different. Um, the color and the diversity of the crew obviously was another thing that was really an impact. And I think at that point it, it, it uh, kind of changed my life. So I became, I think, a more tolerant person and, um, and I'm really glad that it's, it's becoming my life. My kids are basically like, you know, you're just a hippie from the 60s, the 60s, everybody's cool. Um, but it's, it's more than that. You know, it is the hopeful vision of the future. Um, it's, we got better. We got all this cool stuff, holodecks and beams and phasers. And, um, and the community's been amazing. Uh, the people I've met at conventions, the, uh, the fun that I get from it, meeting the stars. Um, it's just provided, uh, a big asset to life. So, um, so here's to the 50th for, for the shows and for all of us that enjoy it and what it means to us. And uh, live long and prosper, my friends. Bye. Hi, my name is Kat Roberts. And I can't remember the first Star Trek I ever watched because I watched them all the time with my dad. But my first Star Trek memory was Balance of Terror. Because when I watched that with my dad, I was just like mind blown because I was like, the Romulans are Spock's dad? What? Because I watched them out of order because they were reruns. That's awesome. <laughs> That's it. Okay. Hi, I'm Alicia Pasoli from Disruptor Beam. Um, I love Star Trek, but my first memories, um, I was an 80s kid, so I watched Next Gen, and I was fascinated by... Um, the bridge and the L cars and all the computer systems. So I would take pizza boxes and turn them over, cut them out, and then draw L cars on it with little buttons. And I'd pretend like I was the captain of my own starship with all my controls. And it was fun. Hi, this is Nick Gettysburg 7 from the GT show. And I don't remember the first time I saw Star Trek, but I do remember being 11 or 12. And I was watching an episode. And that episode was the Cloud Miners. And my mom had to call the ambulance because my father was having chest pains. So the emergency squad came and they took care of everything and took him to the hospital. And he had a heart attack. So a couple of days later, he was in ICU. A couple of days later, I got to go see him. And he was like, how are you doing? I was like, good. Do you realize I don't know how that episode ended? Because you had a heart attack. And he told me the ending of the episode how it ended so that was kind of a, a bonding moment for us because of star trek hi my name is kipley brown and uh i was very very young when i first saw the original series in reruns and both my sisters loved it as well and they were a little bit older and whenever it was time for star trek to come on my sister would go to my mom and go captain captain captain's on captain's on and we'd all start jumping up and down like the captain the captain and my mom would put it on, and uh, I remember those, you know, frenzied captain requests. And I also remember that I revealed to my older sister Elise 
that I had a major crush on Spock, and she got very territorial because she had laid claim to him, apparently. And so we had a big old sister fight about ownership of Spock. Oh, it was very serious at the time. No blood was drawn, but almost. My name is Michelle Specht, and the first time I can actually remember watching Star Trek was watching The Next Generation from the very first episode on. And even from the squiggly octopus that separated it from the first episode and came up with their hairy tentacles and went off into space, as silly as that was, uh, I was hooked. And then I went back and watched all of original Trek, went on to watch Voyager, went on to watch all the movies, and so I guess I have the furry tentacled space uh, jellies to thank for my love of Star Trek. Hi, my name is Steve Merkin, and I'm from North Hollywood, California, and I'm calling to leave a message about my Star Trek experience. I have been watching Star Trek since the very first episode air on September the 8th, 1966, so you know how old I am. And I've seen all the series, all the series and all the movies, and by the time that Voyager got around, I was pretty much burnt out of Star Trek. That was until Enterprise aired, and all of a sudden, Star Trek meant a lot to me again. And I think what it was is that Enterprise was that bridge between NASA and Starfleet in the TOS series. And it was the closest one to going where no man has gone before, because their characters truly had never gone where anyone had, from Earth had gone before. The characters were good. The effects were good. The show just made me care about Star Trek all over again. And uh, I'm looking forward to the 50th anniversary, which means I was nine years old when it first aired. And I'm looking forward to the new series, and I'm hoping that Star Trek is around for a long time to come. Live long and prosper, my friends. Hello, this is Chris Mumphrey from Centennial, Colorado. Um, I have to tell you, the first time I remember seeing Star Trek as a child was really the motion picture. And, uh, you know, kind of flirted in and out with Star Trek throughout the years. And what really made an impact on me was when I went off to college and became a part of a community of people watching Star Trek uh, every week in the dorms when TNG came on the television. And uh, that's that's really where my love of the series came uh, from, was being able to sit around a bunch of like-minded people and enjoy uh, each of the episodes as they came out. And uh, it was a learning experience, and I'm grateful for what it's done you know, in my life in terms of teaching me certain things about how we should treat one another. Okay, hi, my name is Robert Reyes. And the very first time I remember watching Star Trek, I was about maybe five or six years old, and we're in our living room, and you probably remember this thing called Select TV, which was cable run by RCA, and they were showing, it was the last 20 minutes of Search for Spock on TV, and I'm watching it in my living room, and my great-grandparents are there, as well as this big communal thing. I don't remember why we were watching it, it was just on the TV, and that's the first time I ever saw Star Trek. Hi, my name is Terry Scholl. I'm Terry Lynn from the GNT Show. And the first time I ever saw Star Trek, I was four years old. I was sitting on my uncle's lap. 
And my uncle was very special to me because he had just come back from Vietnam and he had won a silver star and a purple heart after taking a grenade to the face and arms. So he was um, different from when he left my house um, uh, just a year beforehand. But as we were sitting there, we were watching Let This Be Your Last Battlefield, right? It is the quintessential episode I remember because it was so simple. It was primary colors. I remember the black and white faces. I remember Frank Gorshin because Frank Gorshin was in everything, let's face it, but I remember that. And I was sitting on his lap and I was watching it and I have to remember, I, I kind of don't remember the very first part of it, but I totally remember the last part of the show when the whole, you know, the big punch comes in and says, well, can't you see that he's black on that side and white on that side? Well, as a four-year-old child, I got that that was, a, I mean, how ridiculous is that? And I turned around and I remember looking at my uncle going, Really? That's why they're so angry with each other? And he, I remember him hugging me. I'm going to cry. And saying, Terry, you got it right. You got it right. That's what the lesson was. And uh, for what he went through, and after coming back and being so sore and so... To have him still love and to tell me that I got it right... Um, it was a, a memory I'll never forget. It was ingrained from that moment on. So... Um, I fell in love with the show, and I started watching the reruns with my husband several years later. To be honest with you, I didn't really pick up the, lo the show again until TNG, but um, every time I watched, it would bring back that wonderful memory that you had, um, and my uncle's still alive, still wonderful, and we still talk Trek, so um, it's part of my life. It's part of uh, my friends. I love it, and thanks for letting me tell the story. Hello, Trek Geeks Podcast. My name is Tom from Houston. And the very first time I saw Star Trek was a 10-year-old boy. And it came on in a black-and-white TV, and I was hooked immediately. And I didn't get a color TV to the 70s, so I got to see him all over again in reruns. And thank you so much. Hi, my name is Vic Mignogna. And my first experience with Star Trek was when I was about 9 years old. And I came home from school one day... And I turned on our black and white 19-inch television, which sat on the floor in our living room because my parents had just divorced and my mom and I moved into a little apartment. We didn't even have a table to put the, the television on. And it was about 5 o'clock in the afternoon, and I turned on Channel 11 in Pittsburgh, WIIC, and I watched this show. I later learned it was called The Tholian Web. It was an episode of this show called Star Trek, and I fell in love with the characters and the stories and the adventure of it, and uh, I have loved it ever since. Hello, my name is Ryan Albaugh. I live in the far northern California, and I'm calling to uh, just tell you about my um, first experience with Star Trek. Um, I've been a lifelong fan. I'm 32 years old right now. I don't remember the exact time I started uh, watching Star Trek. It was probably when I was a kid with my dad at some point. Um, but then I remember being an awkward, shy kid moving to a new place in Arizona and meeting a friend, John, down the street who introduced me to his love for Star Trek, um, The Next Generation and the original series. And um, I just remember, you know, we went from playing cops and robbers and 
war games to playing Star Trek in his garage, and it was just an awesome time to be a kid. Um, been a lifelong fan. I have to say DS9 is my favorite series. Um, I remember liking it before anybody else liked it, and uh, just uh, falling in love with uh, Star Trek every time there was a new show um, or a new movie been a fan for most of my life like I said um, unfortunately my wife isn't the biggest Star Trek fan but um, she appreciates what it means to me in my life and uh, the hope that it gives and just the joy I've had from watching um, all the episodes and the movies and all that stuff and uh, yeah that's kind of my story of Star Trek it's one of those things that it's always been around for me I've always been a fan um, and it's uh, part of the, one of the loves of my life Thank you very much. Bye. My name is Scott Armstrong, and I live in Orem, Utah. My first memory of Star Trek was when I was four years old. My father was a big fan and would always say, Hey, Scott, let's watch Star Trek. My first memory was being scared by Balak's puppet and Gorm in the carbonite maneuver, but I continued watching it with him until he died in a car accident when I was six years old. I think I can attribute my early discovery of women because of all those short uniform skirts. This was back in elementary school and the rest of the boys my age were obsessed with reptiles and avoiding cooties. I picked up watching again when I was a teenager as a means of bonding with my dad. And I was impressed by Kirk's ability to save the crew from any situation. I loved watching Next Generation and all the others. I've even wrote my fanfic, my own fan fiction, and I've been getting really good reviews. Hello, everyone. My name is Norman Lau, and I am calling in from Huntington Beach, California. And this is the story of my first Trek viewing. My very first Trek viewing, I do believe, was probably one of the more painful memories for me, literally, because... My dad sat me down in a chair to get gum out of my hair. And the only thing that he found that would calm me down while he was doing this was to sit me in front of Star Trek, the animated series. So this had to have been somewhere in the late 1970s, probably 75, 76. I was about four years old. And that stuck with me. And even though that I wasn't old enough to really comprehend what was happening... I definitely understood that it was something that just somehow subliminally connected with me in some way. But probably my most and most profound connection with Star Trek was in 1982 with Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan, which is probably why it's become my favorite movie of all time within or without the Star Trek universe. Because around 10 years old, I actually understood the higher concepts of Star Trek at that time. And friendship and sacrifice and loyalty. And what you would do for your friends, your brothers, your comrades. What it meant to, to give in that very ultimate way. To put the needs of the many in front of the needs of the few or the one and vice versa. And to understand that line that Spock said to Kirk when he said, I have been and always shall be your friend. That scene alone has probably given me the most guidance in my life. And it's a scene that I will never forget. I think the great thing about Star Trek that has lasted all this time with me, 44 years, well, realistically about 40 years since I was about four years old, five years old, when I could really comprehend what was happening. All this time, I do believe that Star Trek has 
given all of us, all of us Trekkies, a great sense of purpose and understanding of true camaraderie and what it really means to feel the fan intensity between all the different types of people that are in our fandom and connect in that very profound and almost spiritual way. So happy 50th anniversary, Star Trek. You have given us so much. You are still continuing to give all of us, we fans, just this great sense and purpose of what the future can possibly bring. So thank you and live long and prosper. Hi, this is Haley. I'm calling from Idaho. I'm calling to tell my story about when I first started watching Trek. I can honestly say I don't remember. I don't remember what my first episode was. All I remember is my dad was watching The Next Generation. And I was watching it with him one time. And I kept watching. And he stopped watching. And I couldn't stop watching. And it was magical and very uplifting in the chaos of my house at the time. I was five when it came on. Pretty sure I wasn't watching when I was five, but um, watching the reruns really gave me hope because home life wasn't the greatest of things. And I've loved it ever since, and now I'm passing on that love of Star Trek with my daughter, who loves watching it with me and asks if she can watch it when it's on and it's so wonderful to see her enjoy moments that I remember watching when I was a kid and it's crazy how I can remember watching every single episode when I rewatch it. I remember watching it. I can't remember everything, every detail, but I remember watching every episode of Next Generation and now I'm working my way through the other series and I love the hope that it brings and the peace uh, that I hope one day we can reach. Hello, my name's Trey Womack. I'm from Gillum, Louisiana and I was leaving my message about Trek. I believe my first episode I ever saw was Mirror Mirror and I loved it from then on I remember as a small little bitty kid I remember the animated series better than I remember the first time I saw Trek and I loved the animated series at the time what I loved about Trek was the getting along how humans finally got along no more war no more sickness a bright future for humanity that's what I really loved about it. And I just loved the adventures of Kirk, Spock, and McCoy, the threesome, how they had a great adventures together. It just, I don't know, it's always been there for me. Every time in my life when there was a low point in my life, Star Trek was there for me. It helped me, it has helped me get through life. And one time I remember me and my mom Back in 77, we was laying on the floor watching Star Trek and playing a little board game. And across the screen came that Elvis Presley had passed away. That sticks in my memory just like it was yesterday. I, I hope this is okay. Thank you. Goodbye. 
Hi guys, this is uh, Chris, and I'm from New York City, and this is my Star Trek story. So I was 16 and not a fan of Star Trek at all. I'd seen the original series. This was back in the 80s, and um, I didn't much like it. I'd seen some third season episodes and just thought it was utter crap. But a friend of mine was a huge Trekkie, and one night he invited me out to see uh, Star Trek The Voyage Home. It was actually past uh, my uh, allowed time to be out. I heard a curfew of uh, midnight, and the show wasn't starting until 11. But um, I snuck out of the house because I was bored. It was my first act of teenage rebellion. And I uh, went to go see the movie, not knowing anything about any of the previous movies. Um, online, I was kind of filled in by, uh, by other fans that were waiting online, and I went in knowing pretty much what two and three was about at that point and just loved Star Trek for the voyage home. It was funny and entertaining. I fell in love with the characters. It was awesome. Um, after the movie, we stopped by a, um, a uh, 24-hour grocery store, and right there on the uh, end of the aisle was a, a bunch of paperback books for sale, and we had Star Trek 2, 3, and 4, the novelization. So I went and bought those and uh, consumed them within a week, I think. Started watching the episodes and watching the movies and just became a super fan overnight. Started reading novels and uh, that was it. I've been hooked since Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. And uh, it's helped kind of define me. I've worked my life in nonprofits, worked for the United Nations for a while. And uh, it's just been a, a groovy, great train ride. And I'm just very excited about the, uh, the new TV show coming up. So good luck with your podcast, and uh, thanks. Bye. Hello, this is Mike from the GNT Show. Uh, the first time I watched Star Trek, um, it was in syndication on Saturday mornings in my area. And um, the episode was The Man Trap. Um, I did not speak a word of English. Um, I did not understand a goddamn thing they said. But I was mesmerized by this crew. I was enthralled by the salt vampire and the ship. I just... It just blew my mind. I, I, I... I fell in love, and I have loved Star Trek ever since. And um, once I learned, uh, I, I had learned to speak English because of Star Trek, because of that episode. And in later years, I have since uh, gone back and watched it, and, and still have uh, a, it still has a very special place in my heart. So there you go, TOS Saturday mornings. Syndication, the man trap. Once again, this is Mike with the GNT show. Kapla. Hey, uh, Bill and Dan, this is Larry Ganny. I'm the host of the Guest Room Podcast. I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And uh, I've been a Trekkie since I was 10 years old. Um, and I'm 38 now, so that's a long time. Um, the first Trek, actually the first, I was aware of Trek growing up. Like I knew the character names Kirk and Spock. Um, I knew that it had something to do with outer space, but I didn't know, you know, all the details. Um, it was interesting. I went to see, uh, summer of 89, Indiana Jones and the last crusade. Uh, another movie I love by the way. 
uh, in the theater, and they had the trailer for Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. Yes, I know that's not really among anyone's favorites, but um, somehow that trailer made me want to watch Star Trek, so I started watching it. I rented um, the first five movies on VHS. I didn't get to see Star Trek V in the theater that summer. Um, but when I saw the motion picture, which, you know, doesn't really have the personality of Star Trek, but for some reason, it really grabbed me. It was something that, it was something about that world, um, and those characters that I just wanted to continue. I wanted to, uh, be a part of it. I loved, uh, the relationships. I loved, uh, it was just... It was just a feeling. I wanted to continue, and I wanted to be part of, of the Star Trek world and keep seeing it. And so I watched uh, the rest of the movies up till 5 at that point. Um, started seeing the uh, original series later um, on syndication as best I could. Um, in Pittsburgh, it wasn't uh, that readily available. I think the first episode I saw was uh, The Doomsday Machine, which is still a favorite of mine. Um I watched. I went to my first convention um, and for the 25th in 1991. Um, William Shatner was there here in Pittsburgh at the Sheridan Station Square. Um, I went with my mom, um, who was also a Star Trek fan, and um, you know, sharing it with people like my wife, who is uh, a great enabler of my Trek uh, addiction, has been very rewarding, and she has developed a love for it that um, allows us to share the experience together. And I really think that Star Trek has um, shaped me in a way. It helped shape me. One of the things, many things have shaped me over my life. But I think Star Trek uh, certainly played a role in shaping my worldview and shaping, you know, the kind of person that I am and the kind of person I want to be. And I think that's uh, really important. And I think uh, Gene's vision is one that we should strive for. And uh, I'd like to thank him and all the amazing creative talents involved. I'd like to thank you, Bill and Dan, for your weekly podcast. You guys do a great job, and uh, we'll see you next time. Hey there, my name is Gerardo Yanes, and this is my Star Trek story. So my first genuine exposure to Star Trek was Star Trek 2009. I got bits and pieces of Trek, didn't really know much about it prior to that. So that was actually the first time I actually sat and watched something about Star Trek in its entirety. Because I caught bits and pieces in the past of the older movies, but never really paid that much attention at all. So, yeah. But Star Trek 09 did not make me a fan. Even though I liked it, it did not make me a Star Trek fan at the time. But it was the spark that start the fire that would eventually lead to me becoming an actual Star Trek fan and what appealed to me about that movie was the whole time travel story which I love time travel stories and it had a really good one in my opinion plus I love the fact that they had the original actor who played Spock in it I thought it was really clever how they did that a way of connecting the old with the new and I really gravitated to Spock as a character because I'm a person of multiple ethnicities so the his struggle with his Vulcan and human half is something that I could greatly relate to and it wasn't until Star Trek in the darkness that I actually became a fan because the movie while I know it's very divisive among fans it 
paid homage to Rafficon, and I didn't really know what Rafficon was. I kind of knew of it, and I knew that Con was like a big deal. So I was really impressed with the movie. I really loved it at the time, and I was so blown away by Con as a character. I found him very fascinating, and knew that there was more to him given the older stuff that was done with the character. So I researched it and watched the TOS episode Space Seed. And then I watched Rafikan because I really wanted to get to know the character. And then after watching those two things, I heard about Pond Far, which sounds so weird but so fascinating to me. So I went and watched the Moke Time, and that just basically made me decide that yeah, I gotta watch all of this because it was so interesting and so unlike anything else I ever seen. And it resulted in me watching all the shows, including the animated series, all the movies, and you know now I'm a fan, and I'm so glad that it happened because Star Trek is easily one of my all-time favorite things now, and it just goes to show you that I know that some people hate the Kelvin timeline films, but they have in fact brought in new fans, such as myself. Hey, Trek geeks! This is Kenny. I live in Mexico, but right now I'm calling you from Salt Lake City. Uh, I'm at the Salt Lake City Comic Con, and uh, tomorrow I'll be seeing the premiere of uh, Star Trek Continues, their new episode. And uh, I'm just calling to thank you guys because it's because of you guys that I discovered this, which uh, to me, uh, more than any other of the Star Treks that have come out since the original series, is really Star Trek. I like everything. I like New Generation. I like uh, Voyager and Enterprise and Deep Space Nine. And I see that they are Star Trek, but continues really just touches me in a way that those shows never did uh, when I saw them for the first time. And um, I also wanted to, hopefully not too late, give you my first time seeing Star Trek when I became a fan. Uh, I was probably around somewhere in 1971. Uh, we just moved my family from San Antonio, Texas to Eugene, Oregon. We were staying in an apartment while we waited for our house to be completed. And I just remember at some point during that time, uh, I was seven years old, that the uh, uh, Star Trek came on. And the episode I remember seeing, the first episode I remember seeing was The Apple. And what stuck with me and the, way, the reason I liked it so much was that Vol... Uh, the god of the people there on the apple uh, looked like a big dinosaur, and I was a dinosaur nut. So that's what c- captured my attention, and um, I just kept watching the show and became a great fan of the original series and have been all my life. So thank you guys for what you do. Thank you for introducing us to Star Trek Continues, and thanks for the great show you do, and happy 50th anniversary of Star Trek. You guys have a great day. Bye-bye. Hi, my name's Craig Boudre. I'm from Seabrain, Florida. I remember as a child, first time seeing Star Trek, I was just so fascinated with the spaceships. And to this day, it's uh, been a love affair because it was at that point where my imagination opened up and I just rode, rode along with it and I was always uh, part of the ship and part of the crew and um, I've loved it ever since but for me it's always been about the spaceships <laughs> the crew is always secondary as far as likes and loves thank you for your uh, posting this 
Hi, my name is Don Davidson. Uh, I'm from Wilton, New Hampshire. Um, I've been a Star Trek fan for over 40 years. Uh, I'm also Dan's older brother, and I take credit for getting him hooked on Star Trek. But uh, Star Trek for me goes back to the early 70s. Um, I got hooked watching reruns. Uh, I was a little too young for when it originally came out, but in the 70s, it played as reruns on uh, on UHF, so 38, 56, uh, and I would watch it, watch it religiously um, in the afternoon after school, any chance I got. Um, when I first started watching it in the 70s, my favorite episodes um, were Balance of Terror and The Doomsday Machine. Um, uh, as I got older, I started to... Um, realize the the um, some of the better episodes like City on the Edge of Forever. Um, one of my memories from the 70s is we used to go to uh, Dude Ranch out in Arizona. Um, so uh, when I saw Spectre of the Gun, uh, it always made me think of those Dude Ranches. Um, I've been a fan since then through all the uh, Next Generation and the movie releases. Um, I also watched all the cartoons when they were out in the 70s, um, read books. Uh, my two favorite books are Star Trek books, their original series, The Price of the Phoenix and The Fate of the Phoenix by Sandra Marshak and Myrna Cobra. If you haven't read them, I uh, strongly recommend it. They're great original series stories. So that's some of my memories. Um, enjoy listening to their their podcasts and uh, let's keep on trucking all right bye hi dan and bill my name is andrea and i'm from norway i just wanted to participate in this uh anniversary project of yours because i think it's a really cool idea and uh, my first star trek uh, experience was watching the 2009 movie I really wanted to watch Into Darkness, so earlier in 2013, or maybe late 2012, I decided, well, I want to see Cumberbatch in Into Darkness that's coming out, so I should probably watch that 2009 movie, right? And I did, and I thought it was awesome. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, and I liked it a lot. It was really cool, I thought. And then I was like, what crap? Now I have to wait, like, months until Into Darkness comes out. What am I going to do? And I decided to watch TOS. And, uh, well, first is kind of history. Spock's my favorite character of all of Star Trek, probably. And Kirk is and forever will be my captain. You, you can't beat Captain Kirk. That's just, that's just a fact. <laughs> and uh, I also love Deep Space Nine a lot. And I love Odo and Kira and Quark and Garrick and everybody. I do love Deep Space Nine a lot. But you know, it all started with the 2009 movie and then just snowballed from there. <laughs> And uh, I want to wish you all a happy anniversary. And uh, 
keep doing what you're doing and have fun. Okay, bye. Hi all, this is Dan Davidson from Yarmouth, Maine, and one of the co-hosts of this very podcast. You know, my first memory of Star Trek isn't a great one. I didn't want to watch Star Trek when I was a kid. Growing up in the mid-70s when there wasn't any cable TV yet, you only had a certain number of channels to watch. Uh, And as Star Trek was already in reruns, it would be on every night after dinner on one of the local Boston stations like Channel 56 or Channel 38. I can't really remember which one. But as a young kid, I wanted to watch something like The Brady Bunch or Gilligan's Island. Anyway, um, but my brother Don wanted to watch Star Trek. And since he was the older brother, well, I didn't really have much of a choice. So I watched it while pouting on the couch. And uh, the first memory I have of Trek is the Gorn from the episode Arena. I know he looked fake with the rubbery suit and the funny costume. But I also know that he scared the crap out of me with that voice and all those teeth. Um, I also remember being terrified of Baylock when he appeared on screen to the crew of the Enterprise in Corbinite Maneuver. So I guess my first memories were kind of scary ones. But fast forward to the release of the motion picture, and I remember how excited my brother was to go and take me to the local theater in Nashua, New Hampshire. It was called the Brant on Main Street, and it really wasn't a great theater. Uh, I remember the line was going around the building, and two giant spotlights were out in front of the parking lot going back and forth. Uh, I sat in the theater, and I loved the movie, which I really still do to this day. I love TMP. Uh, after it hit theaters, of course, a soundtrack was released back then on either tape or an LP. And I would watch my brother and his friend play the soundtrack in the living room on the stereo. And they'd both just sit there with their eyes closed, pretending to be the maestro as the music played. And slowly I began to appreciate what Trek meant to people and eventually what it meant to me. So I have my brother Don to thank for my love of Star Trek. Without him being there to take control of that TV, I may never have started watching it as a kid. So, thanks Don. And fast forward to this year, 2016, obviously Trek is still such an important part of my life. Uh, I've talked on the podcast of how it actually saved my life back in 2000, and how it's brought people together to form unbreakable friendships. People like Bill and I. Without Trek, we may never have become friends and two decades later be sharing our thoughts about Trek with you guys on a weekly basis. I can never thank Bill enough for this incredible journey, and I can't thank you, our listeners, enough for tuning in each week and listening to our thoughts, our jokes, our interviews, and even our insults. It truly has been a blessing, and I will always be eternally grateful. So happy anniversary, Star Trek, and thanks for being part of my life and part of the lives of so many countless millions. Live long and prosper. Hi, my name is Bill Smith. I'm from Merrimack, New Hampshire, and I'm the producer and co-host of Trek Geeks. My first Star Trek, well, I have to go all the way back to when the original Star Trek was in syndication. Near as I can remember, that was probably 1976 or 1977. My big brother, John wanted to watch Star Trek, and I wanted to watch The Six Million Dollar Man. He was 15 years older than me, so he pretty much won. Although I was upset at the time, it meant that I saw the Corbomite maneuver for the very first time. I remember being scared by the, uh, the puppet at the beginning until I realized his lips didn't move at all. And then, 
I could recognize the messages for exactly what they meant, even at that age. This started a nightly ritual of bickering between John and I, and after a while, it was just all about the routine. We'd fight every night, and every night John would win, and secretly, I wanted him to. I grew to love Star Trek because it was what my big brother and I did. I think I saw every episode at least three times before the motion picture came out in 1979. John and I went to a matinee of that in Bedford, New Hampshire, where we both promptly fell asleep. My brother would have been 61 this past week, and I'm older now than he ever got the chance to be. He passed away 20 years ago this fall, and I miss him still. After 1979, he and I never got to watch Star Trek together again. He got married and started his family, and I progressed to middle school and high school and started carving my own path in the world. Since then, I've been fortunate enough to share Star Trek with people I'm proud to call my brothers today. People like Dan, who's been more like family to me for the last 20 years than I could ever have imagined. It's been at the core of some of my most valued relationships. People like Chris Mumphrey and Matt McGonigal and Scott Vashon and so many others. People whose brotherhood to me has been further cemented by this love of, of Star Trek that we all share as a common bond. You know, there are days where I wish I could see my brother John again just once. And... And thank him for the fight he picked with me, (laughs) with that eight-year-old boy, because it led to a life forever changed. More importantly, I wish he could join the rest of us for just an all-out Trek marathon and meet the brothers that I've adopted along the way. I love you, big brother, and I miss you. So to Dan and Chris and Matt and Scott and, and to you all, I wish you a happy 50th anniversary to Star Trek. The human adventure is just beginning for us all. Peace and long life. Live long and prosper. You know, Bill, we uh, we have a good time on the podcast. We joke around, we laugh. You really, you, it's it's as as good and as special as this is. It's not a time to do that right now. It's a time to reflect, and and every one of those has very special meaning, not only to the people that called in and left us the messages, but for us as as the host of the podcast. It really is something to listen to all of those memories and and messages. You know, I think the amazing thing is to me that, you know, everybody who's a Star Trek fan, and I think this has proven true to us at the cons that we've gone to, has been an instant friend. And this episode consisted of our friends sharing some of their most personal memories, you know, some of their most formative years. And it means the world to me that as many people called in and and left those remembrances as they did as you know we have also done in this episode so mm-hmm. i um there aren't thanks enough from me and i'm sure this is true of you too to uh, 
to everybody that listens and especially for those who called us. Yeah, it's very humbling uh, and it's a very special feeling for me and like you said, for you as well, I'm sure, that people actually take the time to share this with us. We've had some personal moments on the show. These are very, very deep and personal feelings and memories that, that the folks have had. Uh, and I just still can't wrap my head around the fact sometimes that people are taking their time to do this for, for the show that we do for just the love of Star Trek and our friendship. So for all of those people that have done it uh, and called in, I just can't thank you enough. It's, it really means the world to me on this special 50th anniversary day to hear all these messages and be honored that you would uh, do it on our show. It really is amazing. So very well said, man. I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, here's to year number 51. We have a new series coming in January. We have the 30th anniversary of Star Trek The Next Generation. These are, you know, we've said this a lot this year. These are truly exciting times to be a Star Trek fan. And what was the tagline for the motion picture? The human adventure is just beginning. Yes. I feel like that's kind of how Star Trek fandom is after 50 years. We're just getting started. I think it's great. I think right now Trek is in such a, an awesome place with uh, the latest movie and, and, and the announcement of this new series. We're finally getting it back on TV and we're going to get the stories that we love and expect, you know, on the small screen. Um, it's just a great time to be a Trek fan. It's always been a great time to be a Trek fan. I've never been one who was trekked out, so to speak, or thought that there was too much Trek at any time. Those words just don't exist uh, in my vocabulary. And for right now, what's what we're dealing with and seeing with this special anniversary year and what's coming down the road, it is a fantastic time to be alive and be a fan of Star Trek. You know, truer words have not been spoken, certainly on this podcast, so... <laughs> Thank you to all of you. Happy anniversary to all of you, and especially to you, buddy. Happy happy Trek 50. Thanks, man. You too. It's uh, I couldn't think of anybody better to share it with, so uh, <laughs> thank you, my man. We have to thank also our friends in the band Five Year Mission, without whom, you know, this podcast would not be half as fun. Uh, their music adds a special quality to our show, and we're so grateful to to be able to use it and to be able to share their music with you. Please, please head on over to fiveyearmission.net. Score yourself some tunes. Listen to all their albums. Your four is coming soon, which mm. I'm very stoked about, and I know you are too, Dan. Yep. But uh, we can't support them enough. Uh, they're all great. We love all the guys. We have a great time with them. Um, we always like to joke around. Um, but I got to say, Bill, uh, you know, it's the 50th anniversary today. Uh, yes. In, in honor of that 50th anniversary, I had to go into the vault. I had to. Oh, and boy. It was a great one. And it's amazing that it was on this day. There was this drummer, and he was killing off band members only because they were hiding his diamond crystal salt shakers. Can you believe that? I can't. It's amazing. Every band member, he looked different to. But for us, the viewer, he still was the same repulsive creature. You know, it's the fart trap. <laughs> Did you just call him a repulsive creature? <laughs> I, I, I just I can't say if it was him. I, I want to say you're hanging yourself for the trial on the GNT show. This has nothing to do with the trial. It will once it, they it get the audio. Not admissible. <laughs> <laughs> but truly a sincere thanks to them. Absolutely. And uh, speaking of the man trap, 
We have a group watch of the man trap coming up in the Camp Kittimer group this week. So if you're downloading this episode the week of the 50th anniversary, um, actually on September 8th, the actual 50th anniversary at 8.30 p.m., we're doing a group watch of the man trap online. So get on over to Camp Kittimer for details. Dan, why don't you tell us what's coming up next week, my friend? Well, actually, I'd have to play some dead air, which everybody accuses me of for next week, because we're actually going to take next week off. But uh, don't worry. We're going to be back on September 20th. And uh, on the 20th, we are going to review Episode 7 of Star Trek Continues, entitled Embracing the Winds. And you are not going to want to miss that. Uh, as, as we record this now... That episode is just coming out. We've seen it already because that's how we roll, yo. <laughs> and uh, we hope you all love it. But for now, this has been episode 75 of Trek Geeks. We do hope you all have a great 50th Star Trek anniversary and that you all live long and prosper. And I must say the same thing, but live long and coconut. Bill and Dan, Mike in the van here. My first recollection of Star Trek is as a kid watching The Trouble with Tribbles with my dad and brothers. If Star Trek was on, that's where we were stopping. Those are fond memories watching shows with stories that had a point. My dad and one of my brothers are gone now, so those are truly treasured memories. Star Trek for me was the original series, and after listening to the Trek Geeks, I've rewatched all of TOS and Next Gen, and now I'm well into Deep Space Nine. They're still great stories. Did I mention my name and where I was calling from? Mike in the van. I've also had the unfortunate luck to be Trek Geek Bill's former boss. I would be remiss if I didn't mention that there's also a dark side of Trek. Let's say you have a guy who grew up loving Trek. He bumps into an old friend after 20 years. They start a podcast about Star Trek. Sounds great, doesn't it? Well, it's not great. Pretty soon, this guy starts submitting his TPS reports in Klingon. And his hardworking boss doesn't speak Klingon, so he doesn't know that Work From Home Friday is now Edit Your Podcast Day. The powers that be might call that, quote, a gross inability to manage people which can only be rectified by immediate termination of employment, unquote. Or one might call it the darker side of Trek. I think the latter. This little interweb radio show of yours ruined my life. Now I get to live in my van and further my acting career by working as a giant chocolate cruller in front of a local donut shop. When you're dressed up as a giant chocolate cruller, you don't just get to enjoy the stench of years of body odor and stale cigarettes. You also get to enjoy the adoration of vans driving by, throwing things at you, and calling you a giant turd. Trek Geek Bill, I'm anxiously awaiting your invite for your 60th birthday party on Kaleon 2, the culture where when you hit 60, it's time to check out. As you pilot your starship of fools from your captain's chair of deceit, remember this. I know you lied on your application to Trek Geek Academy and that your second cousin on your mother's side once had an inappropriate relationship with a Romulan. Bill, you're the Pavel Chekhov of podcast hosts, and it's unfortunate for the entire universe that you didn't sign on to the starship Bozeman and 
spend a few decades in a temporal distortion with Dr. Fraser Crane. Know that you are thought of the way Ben Sisko originally viewed Jean-Luc Picard. As life ruiners go, you caused me more trouble than Will Riker's libido caused the Enterprise. Bill, if you happen to see a teal-colored 1975 custom Chevy van with a moon window and a painting of the wizard Lothar the Terrible shining the light of truth, justice, and soul on the baby Elvis, and that van happens to have a Tickle Me Elmo doll prominently duct-taped to the front grill and is driven by a six-and-a-half-foot turd, stay on the sidewalk, sir. Stay on the sidewalk. I cease thee and furthermore desist thee. Dan, I don't know how you deal with him. You should know that you, my friend, are fantastic. You should be fighting crime with Kirk, Spock, Surak, and Abe Lincoln. Keep it up. Coconut.